the best, 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 best of Cresta in the Afternoon countdown. Number nine. Thanks for joining us as we continue this Cresta in the Afternoon countdown. And at number nine, we have an interview that you haven't heard before, most likely. This was during our winter membership drive at the beginning of December. And Al and Father John Ricardo were talking about the story of Eddie Hillisum, who is a uh, Jew- Jewish writer who died in Auschwitz. And that led to some other conversations, including a radical story about the repentance of Rudolf Hess, the uh, commandant of Auschwitz. And as Father John's going to point out, this is a man who did some unspeakably evil things, and not even he was beyond the reach of Jesus' mercy. So let's go to that conversation now. You ever hear of Eddie Hillesum? She died in Auschwitz, 29 years old. Oh, uh, yeah, but I know this story. Keep going. Yeah. She inspired Benedict XVI. The, the Holy See paid her a heartfelt tribute recently. I did not know anything about her. I just came across this today. She's Dutch and uh, Jewish. The thing that caught my eye is that she became a lover of God, and in the midst of the Shoah, she was transfigured by faith, became a woman full of love and inner peace, who was able to declare, and this is her quote, I live in constant intimacy with God. Now, when I look and I hear that, I say, She's discovered something, you know, and what has she discovered? She's discovered the living God. Not, uh, not quite certain how she would write her theology, but we know that something powerful is going on there. And we also know that uh, there's only one who can find life in the midst of this kind of suffering, and that's the Lord Jesus. Yep. You know? and, and I think, you know, the, the way I would combine her with what you were just saying earlier about this challenging topic of hell. Yeah. The scriptures so the scriptures give us an image of God who is relentlessly pursuing. Yes. That's the thing I think we need to keep in mind all the time. It's Absolutely. A, it's, a, it's it's so dangerous pastorally this topic because it's it, what it, what happens is you can if you're not careful you can give the impression well it just doesn't really matter how you live and that's just not true. It really matters how I live. Yes. At the same time like Paul says in Romans, like, Christ died for the ungodly. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. That's you. That's everybody. That's Eddie. Yeah. And the Lord is this hound, you know, who's just coming after people incessantly. Yes. And I, I think so much of my passion, personally, anyway, so like we're, we're, gonna, we're writing a, a pretty good-sized book right now, and, and I don't know what the title's going to be, but the, the working title in my mind is something like this. Um, that's not my father, which I would nice. suggest is Jesus is one homily. Very good. I, I think Jesus is one homily is you don't know him. You, yeah. you think yeah. you do, yeah. but you don't know him. I know him, and I'm here to make him known, and I'm going to re- reveal him to you. And you're going to see him most definitively in my total gift of self on the cross, because when you see me, you see the father. And there's just something about living as, I think especially for parents, grandparents who are concerned about children who are away, like just to live in the confidence that the Lord is coming after them and is, is going to do everything yeah. for them. That, that doesn't mean we don't need to fast and pray and share the gospel and all that kind of stuff. But it's a different image of God than the one who's detached and, hey, I did my part, now you respond or I'm just going to punish you. Right. And that ain't God. Right, no. 
Um, I always I always say everybody has an interior dialogue going on yeah. with God. Yeah. It's, it may not be very articulate, but there's something happening there. The Holy Spirit is already at work in people's lives, seeking to woo them. Uh, to full communion. Absolutely. And um, I, I don't think we should even teach the doctrine of hell apart from this the pursuit of God. Yep. Uh, because if it, it, it gets distorted if you don't first realize the initiative that God has taken yep. to win us yep. to himself. You, Ed, you know, so was that Ian Auschwitz? Uh, yes, Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I, I know we've talked about this before, but this so I'm going to share something really quick if I can, because this is so uh, helpful to me, but then uh, share an experience I had of the Lord in prayer, which I don't know if it was him or not, but it's how I experienced it anyway. Yeah. So there's a movie coming out on Rudolf Haas, oh, which is supposedly good. one of the most horrific this is movies the commandant This is the commandant Of Auschwitz, yeah. So Haas was Catholic, grew up in a very rigid Catholic family, and... Um, he left the church when he was in junior high or so because he thought a priest had broken the seal of confession. Then he gets recruited into the SS and he becomes a, a commandant, first in Dachau, then in Sachsenhausen. He's trained there and then he goes to Auschwitz. So he's commandant from 40 to 43 and again in 45. He's the only Nazi war criminal who admitted that he was personally responsible for killing people. He didn't repent, but he was the only one who admitted it. Everybody hmm. else said, I was just following orders. He said, I am personally responsible for, I think, two and a half million people's deaths. Wow. Plus another 600,000, but they just died from bad conditions. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> anyway, Haas, um, he, you know, the, what, one of the things the Nazis would do, obviously, was they would arrest all those who were um, influential in society, which meant professors and clergy. Yeah. So they go into Krakow, and they arrest all the Jesuits in Krakow, and they, they arrest all the guys in the uh, provincial house, except for the superior who wasn't there that day. His name was Father Vladislav Lone. This is the most amazing story I've ever heard in my life. So Lone's not there. He comes home from wherever he was, like, where are all the guys? Yeah. And they say, well, they were arrested. They sent him to Auschwitz. So Father Vladislav Lone breaks into Auschwitz. Wow. Turns himself in. The guards bring him to Haas. Haas says, what are you doing here? And he says, well, you arrested my brothers. I want to die with them. Haas looks at him and says, you don't want to be here. And he kicks him out of Auschwitz. They both survived the war. So the British caught Haas. They beat him badly. They sent him to Nuremberg to get tried. Um, He gets condemned to die. And then they send all the war criminals back to the places where they committed the crime. So he gets sent back to Poland, to Wadowice, which is where John Paul was from. So he's sent back to Poland to be hung. He knows he's going to die. He's not afraid of dying. He's afraid of being tortured because he's going back to Poland. And sure enough, he's put in a prison around the corner from the church where John Paul was baptized. And most of the guards have tattoos, which means they were in Auschwitz. But they don't beat him. They actually... Hmm. They actually treated him very kindly uh, huh. for some reason. I don't know why. And this man, whose nickname in Auschwitz was the animal, gradually his heart begins to change. Hmm. He's not in prison very long. And one day from the church where John Paul was baptized, bells start to ring. The day was Good Friday. And he asks to see a priest. Wow. And they can't find one that speaks German because they're all dead. And Haas remembers the name of the guy he kicked out, Auschwitz. Oh. And he writes down Father Vladislav Lone's name. He hands it to a guard and he says, find that 
that man just happened at that moment to be praying in front of the image of the only image in the world of divine mercy at that time at that time <laughs> so father vladislav Lone, all of whose brothers had been murdered by this man not to mention two and a half million other people goes to visit the commandant of auschwitz and he walks into the cell and just like ananias greeted saul he walks in and he greets him with rudolph my brother he hears his confession. He comes back the next day with the Blessed Sacrament. He gives him communion. The guards describe that Haas fell to his knees, sobbing like a child. And at the end of Lone's life, he wrote in his journal. He didn't talk about this very often, almost never, actually. But at the end of his life, he says, Never in my life have I given communion to anybody who received it as reverently as Haas. Wow. And when I heard that story, Incredible. it was as if I saw... This is the part where, I mean, who knows if this is God or me? I don't know. But it was as if I saw Jesus taunting Satan. And as he was grabbing Hoss out of his arms, it was as if the Lord just defiantly looked at him and says, you can't even have him. I want everyone out of your clutches. And, and that's how I live. Like yeah. that, that, and, 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 and the Lord, you know, despite our brokenness, that's how he uses Ave Maria Radio. That's how he uses our work in Acts 29. That's how he uses us in, as disciples of Jesus, broken, fragile, sinful, messed up as we are. God allows us to participate in this most extraordinary of missions of sharing the gospel with people and recreating God's world. Yeah. This is what Jesus does. Jesus knocks down walls of hostility, and he turns enemies into friends. And we know that. Mm -hmm. At least we should know that. And we, we've experienced in our own lives as disciples, and we should be eager to go about the work of doing that. And when you, in, in the great work of Catholic Radio, go about the task of telling stories like this, you motivate parents to reconcile, parents and children to reconcile, friends who are estranged to reconcile, and then that just ripples out. And if that doesn't happen, then what are we doing right. as disciples? Right. What are we doing? Yeah. We're building a holy huddle. Yeah, yeah. This is not supposed to be a holy huddle. No. No. It, it, there should be a, active reconciliation going on in our experience. We should, we should be able to point to stories, uh, not as dramatic necessarily as that one, which is, that is a remarkable story. Um, wow. But parents who reconcile, right? D it's a good Husbands and wives who, who are divorced, who, who yes. maybe they don't, yeah. maybe they don't, the marriage doesn't come back together, but you're not my enemy anymore. Right. Right. You know what? I respect you. I, I talk positively about you to our children. Yeah. You know, I, it's not to live in, in fantasy land. It's not to put our heads under the sand, but it is to say as a disciple of Jesus, like I have to be clear, you're not the enemy. Right. The enemy is Satan and his minions, period. Yeah. 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 I'm, you're just a rebel to win. I want to win you. Yeah, I, I got to get one time and time and time again. Well, one of the stratagems of the devil, though, is to convince us that there are particular people who are our enemies. And uh, we see this going on, especially in the world of politics these days, where uh, we keep our tabs on what, quote, the other side is doing. Right. And those are the bad guys. And that must mean we're the good guys. And we forget that the line of good and evil really flow, runs through each person's heart. heart. 
And once we begin fixating on the other persons, the other parties, uh, wickedness, evil, uh, corruption, um, we are actually implying that we are not like that one. Right. (laughs) I'm not like that. Right. I'm not like this political figure. I'm not like this uh, atheist scientist. Uh, And we should never, we should never, um, we should never forget that we are all uh, uh, made from the same stuff. We are made to image God. Yeah, and I'm capable of anything. I mean, yeah. whether I've done all that or not, yeah. I'm capable of it. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the first time I went under, out. Under I'm, certain conditions, yeah, I agree. Take away the restraints and who knows. I mean, yeah. I've been in Auschwitz three times. First time I was there, I, I was just filled with rage as I'm seeing everything that had happened there. And then I felt like the Lord just like grabbed me and said, who do you think did this? Like yeah. people like you did this. You got passion. This is where all your passion goes. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not held in, in, in restraint by me, this is where it goes. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. kill, you can rape, you can do anything. Yeah. Don't think you're beyond this. Right. You're not beyond this. Right. So right. where all your thoughts lead, where all your words lead, if you don't have my grace constantly at work in you. Yeah. And we need to live with the humility of that. And then to go, like, I want to go win rebels. Like, that yeah. should be what we're passionate about. You've been listening to a conversation with Al and Father John Ricardo about the conversion story of Rudolf Haas. Conversation lifted from our winter membership drive. Hope you really enjoyed it. We'll be back with more on Cresta in the Afternoon.